This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. I can't breathe chaos. Stores looted. The woman in the wheelchair blasted in the face by a fire extinguisher. Armed civilians protecting stores. And it's still happening today. Then... Pandemic squatters living in a lush beachfront home for free. Are people taking advantage of new COVID-19 regulations, stiffing homeowners out of rent? This has been a complete nightmare. And will the pandemic mean the end of cash? This store owner is sanitizing every dollar she makes. Plus, wedding videographer from hell. The bride-to-be killed in a car accident. Now her fiance is being mocked for asking for a refund and how they caught the fugitive college student wanted for double murder. Nailed by Uber and this bird's for you. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Tensions are high today as violence has spread beyond Minneapolis in response to the death of George Floyd while in police custody. His death has reignited the debate over racism in America and in police departments in particular. Jim Murray reports. The National Guard was called in to restore order after a deadly night of violence in Minneapolis. George Floyd! Buildings were set ablaze, and many stores were looted near the scene where 46-year-old George Floyd died. This is the inside of a Target store as looters ran amok. A woman in a wheelchair who says she tried to stop the looting was doused with a fire extinguisher. I got based in the face. I got covered with fire extinguisher stuff. Vigilantes armed with assault rifles stood guard outside stores. Well, we better, we better kid up and go see if these guys need help. Look, those blue streaks are laser pointers being used as weapons against riot police. A police precinct was also attacked. We're about to lose the front of the precinct if we don't move this crowd out of the front. Today, the looting continued. Our crew found this taking place at a Target store. The police chief is calling for an end to the disturbances. I cannot allow that as chief. Angry cries for justice also erupted in Memphis and Los Angeles. Today, anti-police graffiti was being cleaned off the entrance to LAPD headquarters. Hundreds of protesters laid siege to the building last night, then moved on to block traffic on a major freeway. Police cars were ambushed, and you can see one young man thrown from the hood as a police black and white sped away. Another police car pulled up to help the injured man, but protesters attacked it, and it was forced to flee. 
We're learning more about the cop seen with his knee pressed against Floyd's neck. 44-year-old Derek Chauvin is a decorated 19-year veteran. He was involved in a 2006 police shooting, but a grand jury did not indict. The word murderer has been scrawled on his driveway amid calls for his arrest. Police released body cam video showing the minutes leading up to the incident. Floyd's image has been blacked out. He's on the right. New video of George Floyd speaking out against gun violence in his community has also emerged. Our young generation is clearly lost, man. And this 12-year-old youngster, Kedron Bryant, has written a haunting song about the tragedy that is going viral. I just want to live. God protect me. I just want to live. I just want to live. Kedron says he was just singing what was on his heart. President Trump today finally commented on the grim milestone America has reached that 100,000 people in this country have now died of COVID-19. His tweet came only after he was heavily criticized for seeming to comment on everything but the death toll. Amber Cagliano has more. 100,000. There is sadness today as we remember the 100,000 and counting victims of COVID-19. These are just some of the faces of the grandparents, mothers, fathers, and even children. The president came under fire for seeming to ignore the milestone. He was up early firing off dozens of tweets and retweets about Russia, Obama, Jim Comey, Joe Scarborough, but nothing about the victims of COVID-19 until the CNN report aired. The president is up and he is tweeting a lot this morning, but nothing about those deaths. No. 30 minutes later came this tweet. We have just reached a very sad milestone with the coronavirus pandemic deaths reaching 100,000. To all of the families and friends of those who have passed, I want to extend my heartfelt sympathy. You mentioned 100,000, but the president has said one death is too many. Um, he takes this very seriously. There was another grim number released today, 2.1 million. That's how many were added to the unemployment rolls last week, bringing the total made jobless by the the COVID-19 crisis to 40 million. Shock, complete shock. These ladies were among a reported 4,000 employees fired by Weight Watchers in a series of Zoom calls last week. They literally just said, um, I'm going to be reading from a script. Uh, you will not be able to speak. The women say it was all over this. after just um, three minutes. I had never been fired before. So here I am, 66 years old. As the lockdown drags on, frustration is growing. USA! We were there as a tanning salon owner on Staten Island attempted to open his business today in defiance of lockdown orders. The police issued him a citation, and this is what he did with it. Rip it up! Rip it up! Rip it up! Rip it up! And she just can't shake the virus. Day 58 today. Nurse Tracy Schofield contracted COVID-19 two months ago. After two weeks, she recovered, but she still got it. How many times have you gotten tested? I've had 10 tests. 10 tests. Uh, yeah, 10 tests. You know, I don't smoke. I don't take medication for anything. For me to get it this bad and, and not 
get the negative tests, I'm shocked. She's not the only patient still feeling the impact of COVID-19 so many weeks after recovering. I still have weird stuff going on with my lungs. CNN anchor Chris Cuomo says he's still feeling the effects of the virus six weeks after he emerged from isolation in his basement. I'm not 100% and there's funky stuff in my blood work that doctors say is what they see in people who've had COVID. So freaks me out a little bit. Are some people abusing laws meant to protect people with financial troubles because of the pandemic? Some homeowners in the Ritzy Hamptons think the answer is yes. As Stephen Fabian reports, many New Yorkers moved to the east end of Long Island when the pandemic hit. And now some are allegedly refusing to pay their rent. And it appears there's little their distraught homeowners can do about it. Talk about squatting in style. Summer homes in the Ritzy Hamptons can rent for $100,000 or more a month. Homeowners in this beachfront community outside New York City say a wave of squatters has moved in, refusing to pay rent that's due. Since the pandemic, thousands of wealthy New Yorkers have been fleeing the stricken city, and many of them have headed east, moving into short-term rentals in the Hamptons where they can ride out the crisis. However, now many of them are apparently refusing to pay the rent. This has been a complete nightmare for us, for our family emotionally and financially. It's completely devastating. Paula Rosado rented her quaint three-bedroom home to a guy who she says hasn't paid rent. Rosado says the alleged squatter's two huge dogs have torn apart her house. The dogs have ripped up the backyard. The irrigation is ripped out of the yard and chewed. Inside the house is even worse. All of our rugs and couches are eaten and urinated on. Paula shot this video prior to renting out her home. Look how beautiful it is. But now the walls are filled with holes. There's broken windows. And she says the alleged squatter is refusing to move out. It's horrific. It really is just horrific. She's called police, but they tell her there's nothing they can do. No one can be evicted for non-payment of rent. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has banned all evictions in the wake of COVID-19. Mr. Davis? Yeah, what's up? It may surprise you to learn that the alleged squatter, Jonathan Davis, is a prominent real estate agent who drives a Land Rover and brags about selling multi-million dollar estates. He refused to comment and his lawyer asked us to leave. I got no comments except get off of the grounds. We're just completely heartbroken. All we want is our house back. We want him out. An attorney for the alleged squatter says they're trying to work out a settlement. Like tens of thousands of people, actor Matt Damon was stranded when the pandemic hit. He was on location in Ireland shooting a movie. And now, in what could be a sign the world is reopening, he's been spotted leaving for a flight. That's Matt Damon behind the face mask finally leaving Ireland after being quarantined for two months. Damon had been trapped on the Emerald Isle since the worldwide pandemic broke out. His family hunkered down in a mansion in a Dublin suburb. And what the heck is that coming down the road? It's a giant bird, specifically the Australian kookaburra, and it's being driven all over town. An artist created the 13-foot creature and added its signature the artist wanted to cheer up his neighbors. Good job, mate. And that's 103-year-old Jenny Stenya enjoying an ice-cold Bud Light. Amazingly, she beat COVID-19. And the beer was one of the first things she asked for. I, I spoke with Jenny and her caregiver, Morgan. 
when she was feeling better, I asked her what would she like, and she said a nice cold Bud Light. And this safari park is back in business in Oklahoma. <laughs> Maybe this camel forgot his manners during the two-month-long lockdown. He grabs dad's drink and gulps it down. But he wants more and finds it in the back seat. You may want to keep your windows up. These days, cash is not king. The world was already moving toward payment by app or credit card. And now, thanks to the pandemic, Jim Murray says some places just won't take your money. This restaurant manager has a unique way of handling money during the pandemic. Marcella Moreno is using alcohol to sanitize each bill and coin that she receives. I do sanitize doorknobs, everything. But you know what? Let me try the money. She says her customers at El Tarasco in Venice, California, appreciate it. But at this golf course, your money is no good here, literally. If you want to play on this green, you can't pay with this green because the dozen public golf courses in the city of Los Angeles are joining a growing list of businesses that are reopening that no longer accept cash. Card only? No cash. The LA golf course is now requiring customers to go cashless to help stop the spread of COVID-19. I think it's a great idea. It gives me a greater sense of confidence that I'm not going to be transferring something to someone else and that no one's going to be transferring to me. It was actually a pretty simple decision. Part of those operating procedures included going cashless to minimize any points of contact between a staff and the golfers. But professor of economics, Kenneth Rogoff, says the pandemic will not be the end of cash. I think we're going towards less use of cash. It's not going to overnight mean there's no cash. And there are many reasons we want to preserve cash. I think privacy is the number one reason. Thank you. In the CDC's guidelines for reopening businesses, it recommends a tray be used to pass cash. Never use your hands. Now the wedding that was canceled, not because of COVID-19, but because the bride tragically died in a car accident. Her fiance tried to get a refund from the wedding videographer who refused. That's when things got ugly. They were set to get married this month, but tragedy struck when the bride-to-be, Alexis, lost her life in a car crash in February. Still grieving from his loss, Justin Motney went through the process of informing the wedding vendors and asking for refunds. All but one gave him his money back, the wedding videographer. Copper Stallion Media responded that the couple had signed a legally binding contract, which was non-refundable. I kept emailing him and saying like, hey, I would love just to talk on the phone or like, hey, listen, like, you know, based on this contract, like, I just want to like work this out. You couldn't get a hold of them on the phone. And yeah. then they just stopped emailing me back and were just dodging me. When Justin spoke out, the wedding videographer launched an extraordinary attack, creating a website whose sole purpose apparently was to mock Justin. Life is a blank, the website declared. Then came this shocking message posted on May 23rd. We hope you sob and cry all day for what would have been your wedding day. Sorry, not sorry. The videographer even sent this when Alexis Wyatt's mother added her voice to the request for a refund. Non-refundable means you cannot get your money back even from the grave. What hurts you the most? The way that he's defiling the memory of Alexis hurts the most. According to reports, Copper Stallion Media appears to be owned by wedding videographer Jesse Clark. 
Clark calls himself an entrepreneur and claims to have studied at Harvard, MIT, and Yale. Clark, who was once reportedly convicted in an assault case, was sued in 2013 by the Massachusetts Attorney General for allegedly never delivering wedding videos to 150 newlyweds. If you could say anything to this man, what would you say? I'd want to know why he decides to go after people that are looking to have, you know, the best day of their life. I think it's just a really terrible thing to do. Alexis Wyatt's family has created a GoFundMe page to help establish a memorial in her name. We'll be back with more right after this. Next, how they caught the fugitive college student wanted for double murder. Nailed by Uber? Then, bad hair day no more. And pandemic pizza delivery. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Are animals taking over cars during the pandemic? Oh, there he goes! Next, in sub-edition, filthy rodents finding a hiding place in your engine. Gross. Climbing up into the car. We have taken chipmunks out of cars, a lot of mice, rats. Next, in sub-edition. That University of Connecticut senior wanted for two murders was in court today. Les Trent has the inside story of how he was apprehended and how an Uber ride may have helped lead cops right to him. It's the end of the road for the college student wanted for double murder. Peter Manfredonia's six-day run from justice was brought to a close at this truck stop in Maryland. Cops say his six-foot-four height and red sneakers gave him away after authorities got a tip that he was in the area. They spotted him walking by some trees. And the team went over to, to Mr. Manfredonia with their guns drawn and told him to get on the ground. At that point, he went to the ground. He did not resist. The University of Connecticut senior faced a judge today. The judge said, is your name Peter Manfredonia? He answered, yes, your honor. Then the judge instructed him that the state of Connecticut was seeking his extradition for the alleged crimes that he committed in the state of Connecticut. And when he asked whether or not uh, Manfredonia wanted to waive that right, he said, I will be waiving it, your honor. Manfredonia's arrest capped a manhunt that gripped the nation. Beginning Memorial Day weekend in Connecticut, where cops say he slaughtered a stranger with a machete, killed a close friend, kidnapped a young woman, left her unharmed in New Jersey, and drove to the Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania. The hunt finally came to an end at that truck stop in Hagerstown, Maryland. He was tired and, and he was scared last night. His family's attorney, Michael Dolan, says he spoke to Manfredonia. The family's relieved that this has come to a peaceful end. Police say a gun found near Manfredonia is the same as one used in one of the murders. When we come back, having a bad hair day? Who is it? Well, help is on the way. With salons and barber shops closed, America has become a nation of shaggy-haired people. Some of us have gone DIY and later regretted it. Now a new TV special is taking aim squarely at bad hair days. For months, we have become our own stylists. With too many hair don'ts, then do's. We've seen the DIY failures. This is a big problem. And the plaintiff, please. I love when you need a haircut. But before you pick up the scissors, get ready for Haircut Night in America, a new CBS special airing Friday celebrating all things hair and how to properly cut, color, and style from home, just like the pros. We spoke with host Jerry O'Connell, who colored wife Rebecca Romaine's hair. Relax. Think of a non-COVID world. Did you do a good job? 
It was the most stressed out I've ever been, and that includes the birth of my children. These guys have blown me away. Right. And this reality show contestant is looking for the one, and also a baby. Contestant Christy Katzman from the new Fox dating show Labor of Love is in her 40s and believes her biological clock is running out. So she's being paired with 15 eligible men, all displaying their hunky bodies as well as their paternal side. Megan Alexander spoke with Katzman. Christy, are you looking for love or are you just looking for a baby daddy? I am definitely looking for love, but there's just something bigger at stake. I'm looking for love with the man that I can also see as the future father of my children. Labor of Love airs tonight on Fox. When we come back, the pizza delivery guy who really deserves a big tip. Finally today, a pizza order with more instructions than just hold the anchovies. This Domino's pizza delivery guy is following some pretty unusual instructions. Leave the pizza on the porch table. Check. Kick the door three times. Gently. Check. Give a virtual high five. Check. Then run away. I hope you really got a big tip. That is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. Stay safe, and we'll see you again next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.